Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the pastoral epistles with this message entitled, God's Order in the Home and in the Church, preached March 15, 2015. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 1. God-sent pastor preaches to you what God wants you to hear. A man-sent pastor speaks what you want to hear. And I'm here to preach to you what God wants you to hear. And you come under order. Order of our triune God. Order in the home and in the church. St. Paul instructed Titus in chapter 1, 10 through 16, that there is no freedom in God's holy church to teach heresy, to promote an evil lifestyle. Contradicting the order and rule of the kingdom of God. Such people, such heretics should be silenced and severely rebuked. To bring them to their senses, if possible, through the preaching of the health-giving gospel. Through warning. And finally, through the discipline of excommunication. Some of these cretins cannot be reformed. They have become detestable, disobedient, and depraved. They are warped and sinful and self condemned they are simply unregenerate by their lifestyle they deny their confession Jesus is Lord they are not in the kingdom of God which I said is righteousness that is doing what is right peace and joy In the Holy Spirit. They reject Christ's authority. Christ's rule. Christ's order. We are told in chapter 1 verse 1. That sound doctrine. Must lead to godly living. In chapter 2. 1 through 10. Paul teaches. In the Christian home. And in the Christian church. There is order. So we read in 1 Corinthians 14.33. You read it today. For God is not a God of disorder. But of peace. And 1 Corinthians 14 verse 40. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Everything must be done based on the Holy Scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. Pastors should be under order. Titus and elders must be under order. Titus, Paul's apostolic delegate, together with the ordained elders, should act totally differently from the false ministers who only want to make money by preaching doctrines that entertains men and send them to hell. Doctrines that make people sick. Therefore, Titus must teach doctrines that conform to the life-giving teaching of the gospel. The apostolic doctrine. The gospel truth 
friends, is the antidote to the error of the false Cretan ministers. And it is true of all Cretan ministers of all times. The truth, friends, sets the elect sinners free from the bondage of the devil. The gospel gives us health, spiritual health. It gives life to those dead in sins. Not hollow philosophy or study of many religions. Only by the wounds of Jesus we are healed. The gospel alone is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes. There is no other name given to us by God. Whereby we must be saved. Therefore... Pastor Titus must be under order. The teaching of Titus must conform to the standard of the gospel of the infallible holy scriptures. The sound teaching is the teaching of Jesus. So we read in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 3. If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is conceited and stupid. It is the apostolic teaching. Sound teaching is the apostolic teaching. 2 Timothy 1 verse 13. What you heard from me Keep us the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. And this teaching is the glorious gospel God entrusted to Paul. 1 Timothy 1, 10 and 11 for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which he entrusted to me and friends I have no authority but preach that gospel and everyone preaches a gospel that differs from the sound doctrine is damned and cursed and that's what most churches do in the world it is also the gospel Paul entrusted to Timothy and Titus to be guarded by the help of the Holy Spirit 2 Timothy 1.14 guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Every pastor called and sent by Christ has the grave responsibility to preach this sound doctrine and guard it against the attacks of the devil. A pastor has no right to add to or subtract from or misinterpret the gospel. Listen to what we read in Revelation 22. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Titus is to teach this gospel and apply the gospel that people of God may hear and do the word of God. 
The false Cretan ministers denied Jesus Christ be read by their wicked deeds. Chapter 1 verse 16. Friends, doctrine and life must always harmonize. The word of God alone edifies, encourages, and comforts God's people. You read that today. 1 Corinthians 14.3 But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Friends, listen to what I say. Blessed is the pastor who preaches the sound Bible doctrines and blessed is the church he pastors. Second, senior men must be under order. Titus must teach this gospel to senior men in the church. Some say seniors are those above 40 years of age. And I like that. (laughs) Others say older men are over 60 years of age. Take your pick. (laughs) Generally, elders are chosen from this group of men. Though Titus was younger, he was chosen by the apostle himself for this job. So was Timothy. Though Titus was younger, he was chosen to teach, encourage, and rebuke with all authority. And he must not permit anyone to despise him. Titus 2 verse 15. He must teach older men the following four things. First, older men must be nefalious, means sober, clear-headed. They should show moderation in the use of wine. Or metaphorically, they should be sober and clear-headed. They should be filled with the word of God and the Holy Spirit to be competent to counsel others. Paul himself was an old man when he wrote his epistle to Philemon. So we read in Philemon, Yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Yes, the older men are characterized by arthritis, rheumatism, joints pain, slowness, timidity, forgetfulness, irritability, or impatience. They have experienced in their life the death of their friends and family members. Titus must not ignore them in his ministry. They need the ministry of the word of God from the man of God to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Secondly, They must be semnos, serious, possessing gravitas. The older men in the church must conduct themselves worthy of respect. Leviticus 19 verse 32 we read, Rise in the presence of the aged Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. They should demonstrate spiritual maturity of their age. They should manifest much fruit 
of the spirit. As we read in 2 Peter 1. 5 through 8. For this very reason make every effort. To add to your faith goodness. And to goodness knowledge. And to knowledge self-control. And to self-control perseverance. And to perseverance godliness. And to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They should demonstrate seriousness of purpose that invite respect of others without seeking it. Yet they should not appear dour, sour or gloomy. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength. Number three, sophronos, meaning people of sound mind. That's what the Greek word literally means. The older men are to be in their right mind, that they must have the sound mind, healthy mind. And I want you to listen to this because it is the qualification required of every person in the church. This is a requirement for every believer. Older men and older women, younger men and younger women, pastors and so on. To have sound mind means one is disciplined and self-controlled. A person of balance not going from one extreme to another. This is a fundamental requirement for every Christian. So Titus says in chapter 2 verse 12, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. Such a person exercises restraint on their passions and appetites. They don't eat everything. They don't buy everything. The governor Felix was a hedonist who lacked self-control. Paul's ministry to him convicted him but Felix refused to repent. So let me read to you from Acts 24. Several days later, Felix, the governor, came with his wife Drusilla, who was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping Paul would offer him a bribe. So he sent for him frequently and talked with him. A hedonist. A man without self-control. He sins and sins and sins. He has no system of break in his life. St. Paul was a person of great self-control. 1 Corinthians 9.25 Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. He disciplined his body that the body may obey him as his slave that he Paul may obey Christ as his slave. So we read in 1 Corinthians 9.27 No, I beat my body and make it my slave 
that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the prize Jesus commands us to deny ourselves take up the cross and follow him even to martyrdom Jesus asks us to take the yoke of Jesus and learn from him all of life sound mind comes from regeneration sound mind knows the word the unbeliever has an unsound and depraved mind foolish mind that reject the word of god the believer is indwelt by the holy spirit he receives the word of god he has the mind of christ and therefore he makes judgments of all things based on god's word friends joseph was a man of sound mind he was governed by the word of god unlike king david joseph said no to the severe temptation that came from mrs potiphar he used the sword of the spirit saying how can i do this wicked thing and sin against god there is a man who is self controlled who is in his right mind sophronos daniel and the three hebrew young people were also men of sound mind and so were highly self disciplined jesus was self disciplined to the highest degree and he became victorious over the devil's many temptations the christian of sound mind uses the sword of the spirit the scripture to defeat the devil a disciplined person is governed friends by the word of god he is under the word of god he is under order so he says no to ungodliness and worldly passions appetites and yes to the will of god a person of sound mind is filled with the holy spirit he is therefore controlled by the holy spirit and holy scripture so we read in ephesians 5:18 through 20 listen do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit In Romans 8:14 as many as are being led by the spirit they and they alone are the sons of God. And 2 Timothy 1:7:4 God did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power of love and sound mind. The Holy Spirit gives us sound mind. and not only that colossians 3:16 let the word of christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to god filled with scripture and filled with the spirit governed by god in your thought in your word and in your actions A Christian is under the control of the word and the spirit as Jesus himself was. The man possessed by a legion of demons had an unsound mind. His crazy mind was controlled by the demons. Jesus healed him 
and he received a sound mind a christ controlled mind so we read in mark 5 when they came to jesus they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind sound mind so fronas sound mind is a christ controlled mind we said jesus is lord he is the lord of our mind our heart our word our action our money self control is a fruit of the spirit it is spirit's control infinite god holy spirit controls me cretinism is the opposite of a healthy right mind christians possess self mastery for they are mastered by the lord jesus christ and number 4 i am speaking about older men in the church they should be sound healthy that's what that word means healthy in faith love and endurance titus must teach older men to be healthy in faith in love and endurance first timothy 6 and verse 11 but you man of god flee from all this and pursue righteousness godliness faith love endurance and gentleness older men in other words must trust in the gospel that they may trust in god with saving faith if you don't listen to the word of god you cannot trust in god Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is based on the gospel disclosure of who God is. Soon they the older men are to meet the Lord. They must make their calling and election very sure. They must be loyal to God till death. Revelation 2 verse 10 I tell you the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you a crown of life not only faith but they should be characterized by love they must be sound in love they must love god's people sacrificially friends faith without works of love is dead jesus said this in john 13 a new command i give you love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and saint john the apostle said in first john 3 this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought we ought we must They don't have our lives for our brothers if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of God be in him That's what this church practices it Most churches don't Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 6 for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love Now listen to what Jesus said Matthew 24 because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold 
but he who stands firm to the end will be saved or listen to what jesus said in revelation 2 and verse 4 yet i hold this against you you have fallen from your first love friends we are told in revelation 3:16 jesus is saying those who are lukewarm i will spit you out of my mouth rejected from entering into heaven and finally they should be sound in endurance a true christian will experience sufferings and fiery trials for jesus sake fiery trials for jesus sake we are to experience even beheading stoning burning and crucifixion as many are experiencing right now in many countries our faith will be tried by fiery trials to prove its authenticity all trials are designed for our good that we may trust in Christ alone who is with us in the fire so saint paul says this romans 5 not only so but we also rejoice in our sufferings plural because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character character hope and hope does not disappoint us because god has poured out his love in abundance into our hearts by the holy spirit whom he has given us or listen to peter in first peter 1 in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise glory and honor when jesus christ is revealed friends trust in christ truly don't believe the lies of phony televangelists it's not anything that will save you it is the gospel that saves you and you must understand the gospel you must go to a church where gospel is preached and you must have a pastor who is pious and learned that he will not add to or subtract from the scripture nor misinterpret the scripture to suit your taste friends listen to saint paul to me to live is christ and to die is gain to us to live is christ and to die is gain but death opens for us the door to heaven itself So the third point is older women under God in the home and in the church Church is not an autonomous institution when you come here you come as a member of the body of Christ the lord adds to the church such as should be saved and so older women under order so titus the pastor must also teach older women the sound doctrine the doctrines of the bible apostolic doctrine that they may live a godly life in four ways number 1 they be reverent in their manner of life in the greek that they be holy and fit as those who worship god 
They've got conscious life. They do all things for the glory of God. And I want you women to think about it. Is this true of you? Holy in their attitude and actions. That they do all things. Not for their pleasure. But for the glory of God. So that's the first issue. Lord. I will do what you want me to do for your glory. Jesus went to the cross. It was not an exciting thing. He went because it was the will of God. And thank God he went. By his death we are saved. Number two. That they be not devils. May diabolos. Diabolos means devil. That's what in the Greek text. Don't be what sir? Devils. See the capacity of a woman. They can become what sir? Devils. The devil is a slanderer. An accuser of God's people. He accused Job to God falsely. In other words, women should not slander other people. Especially older women don't have much to do. They sit and talk about everybody else. Knowledge of the gospel should prevent them from slandering others. Number three, older women not addicted to much wine. Addicted to, in the Greek, enslaved. Older Cretan men and women had the habit of being addicted to much wine and engage in loose talk. But the truth of the gospel sets people free from such bondage. When we are filled with the spirit we sing God's praise and we speak to edify God's people and not tear them down. Ephesians 5:18 through 20 let me read it to you. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be being filled with the spirit meaning continuously. Filled with the Spirit means controlled by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, infinite God. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, not slandering. We are speaking the word of God to edify, build up people. Jesus Christ alone is our master. We didn't say Jesus and wine are our Lord. Jesus alone is our Lord. Jesus Christ alone is our master and therefore we will not be mastered by wine or food or money or fame or anything else in the world. We are freed from all bondages. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. We read of people who became drunk as they celebrated the Lord's Supper. So we read in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 21. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else, especially the poor and the slaves. One remains hungry, another is drunk. In the church. It seems possible, in my view, 
that God killed the priests Nadab and Abihu because they were drunk when they served God in the tabernacle. You read Leviticus 10, 1 through 11. The pastoral epistles prohibit the elders to become drunk and fail to have a clear mind, sound mind for the ministry. 1 Timothy 3 verse 2 Now the bishop, the overseer, the pastor must be above reproach the husband of but one wife not a drunkard. Self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Titus 1.7 Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness. Number four. The quality of older women. Number four. They should be teachers of good things. A vast amount of ministry in the home and the church is done by women, chiefly ministry to women and children under the direction of the elders. The older women are to teach good things to younger single and married women. Where do you find good things, sir? Good things are found in the Bible. That's why Titus should teach them sound doctrine from the Bible. Titus and the elders teach the older women and they in turn teach the younger women the word of God. They also counsel younger women in many things that affect their lives. And this we practice in this church. The older women by teaching younger women make them wise, fearing the Lord. Make them of sound mind to be able to make godly decisions. They train younger women to be godly in the following seven ways. So, number four, younger women under what's her order, under God's order. Younger women consist of single and married women of the church. Now listen, the general will of God is that man and woman be married and raise godly children. That is the general will of God. Yet some men and women are given special gift to devote themselves in the service of God full time. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 1 now for the matters you wrote about it is good for a man what sir not to marry. 1 Corinthians 7.26 Because of the present crisis I think that it is good for you to remain as you are. Matthew 19.11 and 12 Jesus says Not everyone can accept this word but only those to whom it has been given. The gift has been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men. And others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. And we hear about four virgin daughters of evangelist Philip who prophesied. Acts 21, leaving the next day we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Seven qualities for young 
younger women of the church first they should be philandros one word sir so we translate they must be lovers of husbands philandros professor j adams gave assignment right ways to show affection to your husbands and you write it and then practice it and you have heard some wives say i don't love him anymore as christians we are to love our spouses until death separates us god hates divorce and god is opposed to those who divorce and if god is against you you will not survive now the question is how can wives love husbands in obedience to god's order that they should love husbands my question is where do we get such sacrificial love the only source of such love is god the god who justifies us pours into our hearts an overabundance of divine love for the purpose that we love god with all our hearts and our neighbor as ourselves friends who is your nearest neighbor sir and the nearest neighbor is our spouses so true christians never run out of love love we are told abides forever together with faith and hope and the greatest of these is love which love the love god shed abroad into your hearts in abundance with which we love god and with which we love our neighbor with which we even love our enemies this love hates evil and obeys christ jesus said if you love me what keep my commandments it is time that we understood obedience is a function of what sir love of god shed abroad in our hearts there is no greater proof than obedience to demonstrate you love god and you love your spouse number 2 philotechnos lovers of children not only younger women love husbands but they also love children listen some married women do not love children they seem to love poodles christian parents generally have children plural some people say i only want one child because it takes 100000 dollars or half a million dollars i don't know how much it is now to raise them therefore i that tells me that you don't trust god children sir the civilized country like this and europe they think children are a curse they should be killed in the womb and if you give birth should be killed outside the womb it's a cursed country well the bible says psalm 127 verse 3 sons are a heritage from the lord children are a reward from him children are a blessing they are not to spoil children or worship them that will be idolatry they are to love them and train them to love god they are to bring them up in discipline in the fear of god having a sound mind controlled by the scripture and the spirit 
Hebrews 12:8 If you are not disciplined and if you don't discipline your children and everyone undergoes discipline then you are illegitimate children not true sons So we read 2 Timothy 3:14 and 15 based on the Old Testament But as for you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it from whom Lois and Eunice grandmother and mother and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for what sir making money becoming the president of the united states what is it sir wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus that's what from infancy sir and you teach them and the holy spirit is able to apply scripture to their very young mind they bring them up to be godly the younger women because they are trained by older women they bring them up to be godly and able and successful able to make decisions that please god and a lot of people are making decisions they never ask the question what is the will of god you always made decision to please god and promote your spiritual life not to make another two bucks it is a false idea that what we need is more money what we need is more god so if you train them from infancy their children become lovers of god lovers of the word not world i didn't say world lovers of the word and shine as stars in the universe it's not people in hollywood they are stars true stars are the people of god we shine as light and as stars in the universe dr george knight i know him is from westminster quotes this from dyson an epitaph from pergamos from the 2nd century ad about the time of emperor hadrian reads he says to the most sweet woman who loved her husband and her children you think your husband will say that may god help him to say it number 3 sophronas sound mind disciplined mind A virtuous woman is of sound mind controlled by the holy spirit and holy scriptures she lives a life of balance and restraint she has a renewed mind she conforms to the pattern shown in romans 12 verse 3 may who perfronein par ho de fronein alla fronein esto sofronein you understand what that is through the grace given to me i say to everyone among you and now listen not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think but to think so that he can think correctly according to the word of god that's what a disciplined mind a word controlled mind number 4 hagnas that means pure younger women should be what pure younger women should be taught by older 
women to be sexually and morally pure. What does the culture say? As early as you can. Get rid of your virginity. Be impure. And it is affecting the church also. Single young woman lives a sexually and morally pure life to please God and her future husband. And a married woman practices sexual fidelity to her husband. And let's look at Joseph. Genesis 39, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused. Power, sir. Self-control. God helping him. What about Rebecca? The wife of Isaac. Genesis 24. The girl was very beautiful. A virgin. No man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring. Filled her jar and came up again. What about Mary? Mother of Jesus. Luke 1. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. They despise moral purity in the western world and glorify everything else. To Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.22 Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Pastor, keep yourself pure. People will come to seduce you. Keep yourself pure. Number five. Oikurgos. Means working at home. A Christian wife's sphere of work is primarily in the home. Under her husband, she manages the affairs of the home very efficiently. We read of such a prudent wife and mother of children in Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. Pastor's translation, she is worth more than billions of dollars. Verse 10. She works with eager hands, verse 13. She gets up while it is still dark, verse 15. That's what Jesus did. She works vigorously. She speaks with wisdom, the word of God. She does not eat the bread of idleness as Cretans did. Her husband and children praise her. Verse 28. And then finally here it is. Charm is deceptive. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a wife who fears the Lord is to be praised. Verse 30. Number 6. Agathas means kind. A Christian wife is not harsh to her workers her servants, and especially to the poor. We read of the noble wife in Proverbs 31 verse 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Kind, sir, kind. Deuteronomy 15:11 there will always be poor people in the land therefore I command you to be open-handed toward your brothers and toward the poor and needy in your land Ephesians 4:32 be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other even as in Christ God forgave you. First Peter 3.8 says finally all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love us brothers. Be compassionate and humble. 
Number seven, sir. Be submissive to one's own husband. Listen, there are liberal theologians who hold the view that what Paul is speaking about the spiritual qualities of a Christian wife, especially item number seven. They say he borrowed from the pagan culture. Paul did not want the pagans to be angry when Christian wives were not submitting to their husbands. Pagan wives did submit. So they say this item of submission to the husband is relative and culturally conditioned. Today as a result of feminism, which is demonism, some may want husband be submissive to their own wives as to the Lord in everything. Such theologians do not believe in the absolute authority of the word of God. The sacred scriptures of the Old and New Testaments are the very word of God and therefore they are absolute truth for all times. Husband and wife are equal in the sight of God, yet their roles are different in God's order. So a true Christian wife eagerly and gladly submits to her godly husband. For the Bible says the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. And you read that recently, 1 Corinthians 11. Now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Ephesians 5. Wives, submit your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. 1 Peter 3, wives in the same way be submissive to your husbands. For this is the way the holy woman of the past, you did not borrow from pagan culture in Crete. For this is the way the holy woman of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. When a godly wife in divine order submits to her husband, the children generally obey parents and thus they obey the fifth commandment and become blessed of the Lord. Finally, St. Paul tells us the purpose. The purpose of godly and orderly life in the home and in the church is that the word of God be honored in the world and not maligned. Paul said in the Romans, as it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. When you live and when I live wicked life, God is mocked in the world Matthew 5:14 You are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden and verse 16 in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven not blaspheme our god but praise our god God's people friends Live for the glory of God in the world. So we read 
Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all many teachers. As to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to what? Purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. May God help us all to live under God's order and enjoy all the blessings of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen.